hey, we'll just negotiate around the whole state government. We'll set up our own Department of Motor Vehicles. We'll issue all the driver's license, all the registrations, and put all the money in our pockets. Now, that can't happen. So that means that everything that me and my friend are doing is a fraud because we don't have jurisdiction. We're not the state. We're just, you know, me and my friend. Well, that's what these lawyers did. And the lawyers figured out by doing that, they could make a massive amount of money. So in my situation, they have the Employee Management Labor Relations Board. That's the entity in the CCSD that oversees all these teacher dismissals. Uh, and when I was arrested off campus in my personal life, the, the Constitution provides me with due process because everyone in this country is innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Mm-hmm. Well, because there was no agency and my employment was governed by the collective bargaining agreement, I had no due process. I was never indicted. All I was was arrested. Arrests are defined as you know being taken into custody. I could have been issued a traffic citation and they were supposed to provide me with due process uh, they did it. Uh, what they did is they fired me from my job and I'm tenured and tenure provides you with the property right to your employment. This is well settled precedence in, uh, in law. So my 14th amendment was gone. So the lawyers, I went outside and I'm trying to hire lawyers to get my job back with back pay interest in seniority. And all the lawyers that I hired were somehow subcontracted with the Clark County School District or Clark County. Uh, So these people whom I thought I was going in there in good faith, paying them to represent me, turned out that they were actually double agents. Uh, And they were all on this scheme to grieve and arbitrate my dismissal under the collective bargaining agreement. So I go to this arbitration and they have this arbitrator there. His name is Martin Henner. He doesn't even have a law degree. He's not even licensed to practice law in the state of Nevada, which is a crime. And I paid these lawyers money to represent me. I paid uh, for the arbitration. And not only did I pay for all this, but the union was billing for the same stuff. And then the CCSD subcontracts with various law firms uh, because they should be doing all this legal work in-house, but what they do is they subcontract with various law firms. And then everyone's able to make money off these sham arbitrations. So it's just, it's just a never ending pot of money for lawyers. So I have my arbitration and I go hire a lawyer. Her name's Alexis Brown and her two, her two, Uh, parents were both Las Vegas Metropolitan Police officers, uh, and they bribed her with the job at the Clark County Law Foundation. And she filed my federal lawsuit in federal court under the statute called 288. uh, And that's what the collective bargaining agreement was negotiated under 288. It's, uh, It's an employment statute at the EMBR. And I get to federal court, and I'm supposed to have my deposition. Well, prior to giving my deposition, Alexis Brown was having me uh, read through all of the material and all the paperwork. And I happened 
I, I was able to discover that by reading the statutes and reading the collective bargaining agreement and reading all the law, that what was happening to me was one big fraud. And I had realized that all the lawyers were in on it <laughs> because you cannot grieve and arbitrate my personal life under the collective bargaining agreement. And my, my off-campus uh, personal life is my personal life. So I discovered this through reading all these statutes. Uh, and I would go to Alexis Brown's office and I would be reading the statute under NRS 391 and she would be a nervous wreck. And I, I would point to it and say, see, look, Alexis. And she said, no, 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 don't, don't look at that statute. Because that statute and that section of NRS 391 was where I was supposed to get my due process or my administrative hearing with the state. But mind you, the entire agency is gone. It's been replaced by a piece of paper. And all the lawyers that had concocted this fraud scheme, it's, it's basically like money laundering and a federal racketeering. Uh, the Clark County School District just runs around and fires all their teachers, all their support staff, all the Clark County School District police. And because the idea behind it is the more people you fire, the more money you make. Because you're going to have all these people going to this fake agency and then you're going to file all these appeals in real court. And it's just a, it's just a never ending series of litigation. So when, I, so when I got to federal court and I gave my deposition, I figured out that everybody was in on this scheme mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't let them know. And not only did I figure it out, but I figured it out by law. So I made it there and Adam Honey was there. Uh, he was representing the Clark County School District. Uh, there was Casey Gilliam. He was the lawyer for uh, the CCEA my lawyer, Alexis Brown, uh, and there was a lawyer from the Marquise Coughlin Law Firm. Her name was Brianna Smith. Uh, and I just nailed them. <laughs> so, so I went through by verbatim and I explained to them how everything that occurred to me was one big fraud. So there were two federal judges in that case. It was United States Federal Magistrate Peggy Lean uh, and it was United States federal judge uh, Mayhem, who is now a senior judge in fe federal court. And <clears throat> I had never seen any of the paperwork filed on my behalf. So I had no idea what was occurring. It was just all sealed. And it was just luck that I had figured out that everything was a fraud. So I went home and I knew everything was a fraud and I, and I tried to figure out a way to get myself out of this federal lawsuit and, because obviously it was a fraud. And I went to a paralegal's office and this was probably my first interaction with family court. Uh, she happened to be a family court paralegal and her name was Donna. Mind you, I had already, already just, you know, went and visited probably a dozen lawyers and no one would help me. Uh, so I was kind of on my own. My lawyer withdrew. Uh, and the reason she withdrew is because she was pretty much busted red-handed fr committing fraud in federal court. Uh, so I met this paralegal, her name was Donna, and I had wanted to draft a motion to dismiss 
for failure to exhaust administrative remedies. Now, mind you, the only way you can get into a higher court is to fulfill the administrative remedy. And she said, are you kidding me, Mike? You're the plaintiff bringing the suit. She said, they will laugh you right out of federal court. You can't, if you draft that motion, they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. And I said, yeah, but Donna, look, I never had my hearing at the state. So how could I be in federal court without fulfilling the, the, the remedy? I, I, I had my due process out of the collective bargaining agreement. And I paid her 300 bucks and she's like, Mike, I went back to her again. And she's like, I just want to tell you something. She's like, give up. She's like, you cannot beat city hall. She's like, it's impossible to beat city hall. And she says, I'm a family court paralegal. And I have seen all these lawyers are together and People are losing their homes. They're, they're mortgaging their houses. They're taking out all this money on their credit cards. And, 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 and you can just never beat the system because you're fighting City Hall. And it's true, I was fighting City Hall. I was fighting City Hall because it was my own government that passed this unconstitutional state statute, which eliminated my 14th Amendment constitutional right to due process of the law. So she went over to the computer and she goes, look at all the, she's like, those are your union dues. And she was right. Those are my union dues. Cause mind you, every time they have an employee uh, that gets railroaded by the administrators and has some type of disciplinary occurrence at the Clark County school district, all these subcontracted lawyers from the union come in and they make money representing you. And she goes, do you know how many lawsuits there are against a Clark County school district? She said, you can't win. And she went over the computer and she pulled up uh, the docket and showed me all these lawsuits. <laughs> and I had thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's gotta be millions of dollars. So I had my uh, deposition and I proved everything was a fraud uh, by law and then I went home and I was trying to brainstorm a way to get out of that lawsuit. And I never went back to Donna because of what she was telling me. Uh, she wanted me to give up and I wasn't ready to give up. I was ready to defeat city hall. <laughs> right. I mean, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> you can't take away my 14th amendment. So I went to sleep and I had a dream uh, because I used to obsess about this so much. And in that dream, I said, you have to go backwards. Uh, and then I met a rinky-dink paralegal off of the internet. And I discussed all of this with him on the phone. And he drafted a motion for preliminary injunction. And I still have that motion today and in that motion, essentially what we did is we made the arbitration award void for personal matter and subject matter jurisdiction. Uh, so by making that arbitration award void in federal court, I proved beyond a reasonable doubt 
that everything that was coming out of the collective bargaining agreement was just a worthless piece of paper. So the lawyers had counterfeited uh, the administrative remedy and they set up this fake agency and these arbitration awards serve as tickets into getting into more litigation and to higher courts because they can keep filing appeals. And I followed these arbitration awards all the way to the Supreme Court. Now you have to ask yourself this question. If I'm not a lawyer and I don't know any of this stuff and all of these arbitration awards are going in front of judges, how could they not know that all this stuff is a fraud? I mean, they're, they're, they have law degrees, they have PhDs. Clearly something's not right. How could the United States federal magistrate not know? And I have fraudulent orders signed by her right here at my house. Uh, during that federal lawsuit, they had a police officer uh, draft an affidavit saying that it was legal for them to use the police report against me, which was, which was total BS because it's an illegal search and seizure. It's a violation of my Fourth Amendment constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a right to privacy in my private life. That police report is my personal property at that point. Uh, so I go home. I get a letter from uh, Mr. Mayhem, and he wants me to amend the complaint. Uh, unbeknownst to me is I was supposed to win that lawsuit. So the way the whole thing was set up is to where all these various governmental lawyers were conspiring to have me win my lawsuit to get back pay interest in seniority but then I would lose on all the other clauses of action. And all my lawyer had to do was file a motion for summary judgment uh, based on the premise that the collective bargaining agreement doesn't have jurisdiction over my personal life. And I would have got my job back with back pay interest in seniority. Uh, but I was so fed up. I was just so disgusted mm -hmm. with all the fraud. Uh, and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to give them, Give, give in to them. Because it, when I found out that everything was a fraud, fraud's very cruel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it takes, it takes a, a lot out of you mentally, physically. Uh, and when you realize that you're a victim, it's cruel. But then when you realize you are a victim, uh, all the power comes back to you. Because then you decide, hey, I'm not crazy all these people were conspiring against me and I can mm -hmm. prove it by law. So it's not me, it's them who, who were in this conspiracy. So Mr. Mayhem had, had sent me a, a, a letter back telling me I had 30 days to amend my complaint. And I amended my complaint and I focused in on two key factors. I never had a pre-termination hearing at the state and I never had a post-termination hearing at the state. And then I sued everybody under a variety of, uh, of criminal and civil statutes. Uh, and I'm not a lawyer, so I took, my, <clears throat> I took my lawyer's complaint and I was actually flying back on a plane uh, from Costa Rica. And I drafted that lawsuit in about three or four hours from memory and some of the pieces of stuff that I had, the legal stuff on my computer. Uh, 
and I was able to unravel this whole entire federal racketeering scheme uh, on my own as a pro se litigant. And I had no idea about the Assembly Bill 255. I had learned about it later. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was uh, Governor Sandoval's corruption. Uh, mm -hmm. He was a formal federal judge. So I want you to think about that. You have a formal federal judge who's in charge of the entire federal district court of Nevada. And he signed into law an unconstitutional state statute that eliminated a state administrative agency. Now he has a fiduciary obligation to, to take care of the state's assets. So the court case that proves that all this stuff was unconstitutional uh, was done in front of United States federal judge Richard Bulware. Uh, and it was left versus the CCSD. You had 15 teachers who got fired in a similar fashion and they went through this whole big fraudulent process. Uh, and he ruled that all those teachers get their back pay interest and seniority back. And he also ruled that, that there was a due process violation and everything that occurred to one of the teachers in that lawsuit is void. Uh, his name's Glenn Rowley. So this takes us to family court. I had waited years and years and years to get the legal ruling in that federal court case. And I watched it on the dockets. Uh, and during that time, I had started interacting with some folks who were going through family court. Uh, I don't suppose I should say them by name, uh, mm -hmm. just out of courtesy for them, but I know who the people are. Uh, and I, I thought to myself, well, if these lawyers can create an administrative agency out of a piece of paper and stack that administrative agency with a bunch of fraudulent arbitrators that don't even have law degrees, and these fraudulent arbitrators can make legal rulings that are inaccurate to, to cause appeals, I started thinking to myself, well, why can't they do that in family court? Why can't the lawyers do that in family court? And it turns out that they can. Uh, so here in Las Vegas, Nevada, what they do is they rig the judicial elections. Uh, they have one candidate run. And in many cases, that candidate happens to be a, a, a worker or owner of a law firm. And these law firms specialize in divorces in child custody. So they get their little friend elected as a judge and they're essentially duplicating the same process. However, you have to be able to prove that they're duplicating the same process. So based on my experience with the jurisdictional defect, uh, the subject matter jurisdiction and personal jurisdiction, I met a couple of people in family court. One of, one of the women, uh, her story is, is she got divorced. She, has, she had a little boy as a child. Uh, and three years later, the, the husband shows up and files for divorce. Now you have to ask yourself a question. If she was already divorced and she had full custody of her kid, how could her husband show up in family court and file for a divorce if, if they were never remarried? 
So her husband files for divorce and the corrupted judge took her child away and gave full custody to the husband. And they concocted some criminal charge against her. And she ended up appealing in the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court made the same, the same finding. Uh, they basically said that you can't appeal something that's unappealable and which is true, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do you appeal something that should have never happened to begin with? It's unappealable. Mm -hmm. And that's what they ruled in her case. So when I, when I discovered that, I was like, wow, they're doing the same thing in family court that they were doing in this fake agency. Mm -hmm. uh, they're railroading people into this family court system to generate income for themselves and for their friends. So then I found another lady and her case is gonna blow your mind. Uh, she was in, a, in a, a lesbian relationship with another woman. Uh, and in this relationship, they had no child. She also, she also had a, 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 male, a male companion. Uh, so she ended up giving birth to a child and breaking off this lesbian relationship. And the woman showed up in family court and filed for custody. Mind you, this is a stranger, right? The same analogy I would use is it would be like if I showed up and filed for custody over my neighbor's kid. It doesn't take a PhD in law to figure out that this is a, a total and complete fraud because you can't just go around and, and, and take custody of people's biological children. If that's the case, everybody would be showing up in court and filing for custody of various children just to get child support. So the court ruled that this stranger gets biological custody of her child. This woman has spent... 15 years of her life trying to get her child back with their husband. They went and got DNA tests, paternity tests. They've appealed. Uh, they've done everything in their power to get her daughter back. And you want to talk about an injustice. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is she was required to pay child support and they threw her in jail. So she was literally spent time in jail for not paying child support to this stranger who has custody of her biological child. Now, now, you, now it doesn't take a law degree to figure out that this is, this is, this is so fraudulent. Yes. And it's such a terrible thing to do to somebody. How do you take someone's kid away and give it to a stranger? I mean, it's absurd. And this mm -hmm. is the United States of America. This isn't, you know, you know, some foreign country dictatorship. This stuff is really happening. Uh, and when I found that, I realized the same principles apply. Uh, and I started doing research on suing judges. Mm -hmm. uh, and judges can be sued when they, when they act without jurisdiction. Uh, and in these cases, clearly these people have slam dunk lawsuits uh, versus all these corrupted people within the county uh, or even in the state. Because you have to ask yourself, where's the attorney general's office when this is all going on? I mean, clearly something's not right. Uh, and then the last case I found was a guy uh, 
this 78 year old man uh, who was never married. Uh, his his so-called wife just created a bogus um, certificate of marriage from a foreign country and submitted it into the court. Uh, and the court divorced him from his wife who he never married. Uh, these lawyers put this guy through hell. Mm -hmm. They ran up $52,000 in legal fees. They made him pay her alimony out of his veteran disability. Think about this. This guy served five tours of duty in the Vietnam War. And he comes back to his home country and he made an oath to defend and protect the United States Constitution. And he's in this kangaroo court and he was never married and, and they gave him a divorce just to steal all his money. And they even developed a bogus writ to steal 16 grand right out of his bank account. And when I seen his case, I mean, I was appalled because this is not the type of thing you were supposed to do to other human beings. I mean, it is just ridiculous to think that we have all this fraud and corruption going on in the court and no one's taking any action. Uh, so that's the story how family court is. I can prove it's a fraud by law. Uh, there's another lawyer here who was on your show. He just happened to sue a bunch of these corrupted people. And it boils down to this. If a judge has no subject matter jurisdiction or no personal matter jurisdiction, the only option that judge has is to dismiss the case. If they're not dismissing the case, this is, this is a judicial misconduct on a grand scale. And the reason they're not dismissing these cases is because these people can't steal everyone's money, mm -hmm. which means the judge is in on it. He has to be in on it. How could she not know? Uh, and it comes back down to when I was in federal court and United States uh, Federal Magistrate Peggy Lean signed off on all these court orders. How could she not know that all this was a fraud? And I mean, they had a stack of a stack of motions in uh, the amount of money that they had billed the union for all this crap. And everything that happened to me wasn't even real uh, because I made it void. I could show folks the motion. I'd be happy to email it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they can read that motion. They're, they're, they're more than welcome to look at the, uh, the court case left first to CCSD. Uh, <clears throat> but I want folks to realize out there, I've never had, thank God, I've never been a victim to the family court system. Uh, and that's a real blessing because mm -hmm. just going through the collective bargaining agreement fraud, and I, I know how uh, emotionally draining and financially draining uh, this whole system is, and a lot of folks commit suicide, a lot of folks go homeless, a lot of folks have been stuck in litigation for 14 years, yeah. uh, and I empathize with you people uh, out there that are in, caught in this corrupted system. If your lawyers are committing misconduct in court, and, and you suspect that there's some type of fraud going on in court, trust your instincts. Uh, get out of that situation. You're, you're much better off being uh, self-representative 
and representing yourself than you are paying a lawyer who, who doesn't have your best interest in mind. Because these people are not, they don't care who gets your kid. Uh, they don't care who gets the, the assets. They just want their cut. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what they're really trying to do is create more legal problems for you. So you have to keep paying them money to get whatever it is you want. Uh, but I want to end that with, I believe the 14th amendment is everybody's salvation because no one gets immunity when you can figure out the 14th amendment. Of course, judges do because they violate your 14th amendment constitutional rights all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this court system is so blatantly unconstitutional with all of this subjective stuff that's going on. Uh, but you have to realize that it's, it's not separate entities. If you're involved in a family court uh, divorce or alimony or anything like that, all these corrupted people are working together. Mm -hmm. And their whole goal is just to get your money. Uh, and I would advise folks to just stay out of that system. Uh, I, I'm divorced myself. Uh, I went and filed my divorce for my ex-wife. It was 350 bucks. Mm -hmm. I decided it wasn't worth it. I gave her her assets. I took my assets. We didn't have any children. I did everything myself. It was a $350 filing fee. You can list all the stuff on there, uh, what, what you want. Uh, but I would recommend people to go to mediation or do the divorce yourself. It's not worth 14 years of litigation and draining all of your material wealth and giving it away to lawyers. It's just not worth it. And that's all I really have to say right now. Well, you know, what about if you're trying to stay out of family court, but you've got a personality disorder that's coming after you, filing emergency petitions to take your kids, and they're pulling all this stuff and you have to be there. You're like, you, you know, I see that too. I, I think, I think where people really go wrong with divorce is if you think about divorce, it's actually a contract. It's really a business decision. When you decide to get married to somebody, it's a contract saying that everything's 50-50. People get emotional with divorce. They don't want to get divorced. They have all these other issues going on. Uh, but I'm not wired that way. I'm a very factual guy. Uh, I looked at it like, hey, you know, when I went into this thing, it was a business decision. When I'm getting out, it's a business decision. You can get all this emotional stuff and you can have someone who's disgruntled attacking you because they just want to make your life miserable. Mm -hmm. uh, but someone needs to be rational with that person and just say, look, save your money. Get on with your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can if someone doesn't want to be with you, they don't want to be with you. Mm -hmm. That's it. You're not compatible. Get over it. You could spend 12 years of your life chasing that person and going through every asset that you have being miserable. Whereas if you just let it go, find another person. Mm -hmm. Life is short. But that's my take on it. 
Okay, so sometimes you can have an amicable divorce, you know, and you can share the kids and everyone's co-parenting until a third party inserts themselves into your co-parenting relationship and starts destroying the relationship of that and that of your children. And also, you know, some people such as myself had co-parented pretty well for almost 10 years until a third party came in who worked at the courthouse who knew which judge and lawyer to pick for her, well, which was my ex, <laughs> but you got sucked into it. Yeah, that's really awful. Well, and, yeah. and I got and, and I got to be honest with with uh, people. I'm not an expert on all of the in intricacies of family court. Uh, where where I excel is just proving that it's a fraud. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if, if anything's a fraud, why would you want to participate in a system uh, that that you it's it's like playing Monopoly without Monopoly money. Right. Why would you want to go into that system and play a game that isn't fair? It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are evil and devious and they want to destroy fan, destroy, you know, other people for whatever reason. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't speak on all that stuff because, you know, I don't have the life experience. So I would be giving folks, you know, bad information, telling them something contrary to what I actually know. Well, I tell parents to go in there pro se. I had gone through three lawyers. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah. Pro yeah. se is the way to go. Mm -hmm. These lawyers are not there to to vigorously defend you and protect your interest. These lawyers are there to make money. Mm -hmm. And if you have more issues, they make more money. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for people to be getting divorced for 14 years. Right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but when you represent yourself, uh, they don't like that because especially folks who are educated and they take the time to educate themselves, they get very angry at you mm -hmm. uh, because you start to realize that this is a not this is an unjust system. And then when you start proving it by through your motions or through the law, then they get really mad at you. Mm -hmm. And that, and then it becomes color of law where they're just going to assert their authority over you, throw you in jail, label you a vexatious litigant, mm -hmm. censor your speech, make your life more miserable. And the reason they're doing that is because they're the ones who are wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a girl here. She came running to me. I was, I was, I met her at Starbucks uh, and she was participating in Orange County. Uh, it was a child custody issue mm -hmm. and she wanted my help. And I, I, I decided I was going to try to help her the best I can. And she started going through all this stuff. Uh, what had happened is she was in family court and her son, she lives in Vegas. Her son lives in California. Her son just decided that he didn't want to live in Vegas, leave his friends, leave his teachers, uh, mm. leave his residence. And, you know, it's just a kid. That's what kids do. They don't want to get up and move and be with their parent. They'd rather be with their little group of friends. So she got into the situation and then, 
the police were involved. She ended up going to court and the judge had ruled that she doesn't have custody of her kid to her sister. <sighs> and she was giving me this big story. I must've spent two or three hours with her because, you know, there's a lot of drama in this stuff, family drama, mm-hmm. phone bill and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, look, a judge can't give your biological child away. You're the mother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think yeah. about it. Right. I said, it boils down to one fact. I said, we don't need to discuss the phone bill. We don't need to discuss his iPad. We don't need to discuss your health. We don't need to discuss she's getting even with you because blah, blah, blah. All you have to know is this is your biological son. And you, as a parent, being the only parent, have a property right to your children. A judge can't sever that property right just based on she said she could. So I wrote a little thing for her and I said, this is what I want you to tell the judge at your next Zoom conference. Yeah, Zoom. I said, I want you to ask the judge, tell the judge this, with all due respect, your honor, this court lacks personal matter and subject matter jurisdiction over this. How could you not know? (laughs) And that's what she said. And and I guess the judge threw a fit and cut her off and, and, you know, because they don't want to hear the truth. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They just hit that mute button. <laughs> you throw it right in their face. And now what do they do? Because they're caught red handed because a judge knows that you can't do that. There's no such thing as judicial discretion. A judge does color of law. A judge doesn't have the legal authority without jurisdiction to give your children away. It's not possible. You know what it's called? I looked up the statutes. Uh, when I was interacting with the other lady who had her biological child taken away, uh, there's a statute called a child snatching tort where, uh, where you could sue someone civilly under this child snatching tort for taking your child away. And when I started reading that statute, you know what it says? It says a parent. Mind you, these aren't even parents. So what are they? The the child snatching stort isn't applicable because they're not parents. So the only other statute I came up with is kidnapping. And kidnapping is a criminal statute. You can't, under the color of law, just give someone's kids away. What kind of bullshit is that? Right. This is America. We have a United States Constitution. People have rights. And, 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 you know, uh, we lose focus on all this stuff because people are always engaged in all of this, you know, nonsense on TV, all this, you know, stuff to sidetrack you from the real issue. The real issue is, is what people really need to do is they need to open up a textbook or get online and read the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Because we, as United States citizens, have those rights. A state can't take those away from you. But the states do it all the time. And the reason they do it all the time is, one, people are not educated. But two, you have very little remedies to sue states. Because you have all these various immunities you have to defeat, defeat, like sovereign immunity, absolute immunity, blah, blah, blah. And And these 
these immunities are put in place so you don't have a legal remedy. That's part of the system too, uh, which is really sad. Yes, it is. Uh, but thankfully, I was able to figure out legally how to defeat uh, these various immunities. Uh, I get lucky. Uh, you know, I, I like to read stuff. Uh, I have a, I have a different type of mind. I'm very factual. Uh, so because of my, my factual type of brain, I'm able to figure stuff out. Well, I mean, that is great. I think with the family court, it stresses parents out so much. They can't think straight. That's exactly what happens. And I found myself in the same predicament because when you're in this fraud and you got all this stuff going on and let's face it, your kids are very important to you. Getting divorced is very stressful. Uh, you know, losing a job is stressful. Mm -hmm. So when all this stuff is going on and, and they use that to keep you in this hyperbole kind of like fraud thing, because you can't figure out what's going on. And you know something's wrong and you're questioning your own insanity. Mm -hmm. You know, like, am I, am I crazy? But you know something's going on and you can't figure it out because you have all this stuff coming from every direction. Uh, but because I had done this with myself in my own legal situation, uh, when I interacted with these folks, I was able to quickly figure out that there's a subject matter, personal matter, personal matter jurisdiction defect, which means everything, nothing matters at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter who your lawyer is. It doesn't matter who, who had custody. It doesn't matter who paid the phone bill. It doesn't matter if the co-parent, you know, is, is, is got arrested. All it matters is that if the judge doesn't have jurisdiction, everything that happened to this person is, is a complete fraud. But, but I agree with you 100%. It's very stressful. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would come home and I would cry and I would try and figure out, uh, you know, what was happening to me. Uh, and, I, and I couldn't put my finger on the fraud, but I knew there was something going on. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I had contemplating going down to my lawyer's office and just beating his ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. Let's face it. <laughs> you steal my money. You subject me to all this fraud. <laughs> you deserve an ass beating. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I was so close. I can't tell yeah. you how close I was. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or, you know, nature takes its course and my lawyer dropped out of a heart attack. Right. Bad karma. Right. Right. And so did bad the judge. Karma. So did yeah, the judge. Bad karma. You know, uh, when mm -hmm. you do bad stuff to people, bad stuff happens to you. It comes around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hate to say, you know, I don't ever want to be one of those people to say I'm happy someone died because <laughs> I don't I don't want to be that cruel. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that stopped me from beating my judge's ass was my parents because I had I had realized how disappointed they would be in me uh, for stooping to that level. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, as, as people, we can only take so much. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a breaking point. Uh, and I've, I've been the victim of all kinds of, uh, you know, crime because th this is, this fraud is a federal crime. 
Uh, it's not like we aren't victims of crime because really we are. The stuff that these people that are doing to other human beings uh, is so malicious and so vile. Uh, using the court system in this manner as a weapon mm -hmm. uh, to take their assets, to destroy their lives. Uh, this is not humane. Uh, we're supposed to live in a humane society. Uh, and, and these people who are highly educated have an obligation to use their education to help other people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give them a right to steal from you because you're smart. What kind of sense does that make? You know, it's like survival of the fittest. You have all these people with the power and all these people with the education dressed up in a black robe, preying mm -hmm. on innocent people. It, it, it's, it's really a travesty. Uh, mm -hmm. And the stuff that I have seen and the stuff that I have heard of, uh, it really breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I know we were talking about federal court and I know we're going to do another podcast because that's another podcast in itself talking about fraud in federal court um you know it's just there's no remedy anywhere I just you know it. And, and 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 i can't tell you how many folks i run into here that go to the police they go to the attorney general's office and it's always the same story uh i remember when i was trying to report report martin henner for practicing law without a license I would go to the police, you know what they would tell me? We don't have jurisdiction, go to the state bar. I would go to the state bar, the state bar would say, we don't have jurisdiction, go to the police. And I could clearly read the statute and the statute says that Metro has jurisdiction over the criminal portion of the statute and the state bar has jurisdiction over the civil portion of the statute. So if someone's practicing law without a license, the state bar is supposed to issue civil injunctions to stop them from doing it. And Metro or the DA's office is supposed to prosecute these people. Uh, and, and that's why I don't tell people I'm a lawyer and I have never taken any money from anyone mm -hmm. because it would be illegal for me to do that uh, under that statute. Uh, so who would I be to run around and complain about all this criminal crap going on and then break the law myself, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't do that, but, but it was very clear. And I remember I went to the police station. I, I went about nine times. Uh, and finally, as I was going there, the detectives would escort me out of the police station, literally escort me out and say, we don't want you here anymore. Oh. And then the police would threaten to arrest me. And I have yeah. met, I have met dozens of people who have experienced the same thing. And I even called the FBI on the phone to try and get assistance from them. And they too had no idea what I was talking about because I was trying to explain to them the federal statutes involved. And, 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 and you know what their number one saying here is in Las Vegas? Go get a lawyer. So there's criminal statutes on the book that don't even get enforced. When you go to the police station, they say, go get a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. And why would I go get a lawyer? I wrote a complaint to the attorney general's office and she said, well, I can't give you legal advice. You might want to get a lawyer. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm self-represented, representing myself. I don't need a lawyer. 
what I need is someone to take action Mm -hmm. and get a handle on this criminal stuff going on because these are criminal violations, just like anything else. I mean, if I walked into 7-Eleven and and stole something, I would be arrested and thrown in jail. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me it's not a crime to give someone a divorce that was never married? (laughs) Right. And that was a 78-year-old guy. Let's think about it. I know. Clearly something's not right here. <laughs> you know, did he ever get out of that? This was a poor 78-year-old guy um, that they gave up. It's still going on. Yeah, well, I, I think there's gonna be a finality to it. Uh <laughs> oh my but, gosh. But but it's the same idea. I mean, uh, if someone's if the court steals your children, you have no remedy. If they give your biological child away to a stranger. Who do I report that to? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly it's a crime. (laughs) Right. I mean, what kind of asinine system is this? (laughs) Well, especially, you know, and I won't keep you much longer, but when judges order visitation and you're supposed to go pick up the kids and you go to the house and the lights are on and no one's home, then you go to the state police to report that these kids aren't here and this is your visitation time. And, uh, they'll call the DA on call and they will say, well, you know, they're in litigation in a family court case, so we can't get involved. Yeah. And, and, you know, (laughs) in that that situation, I guess they're, they're making some type of discretion, but clearly if there's a crime and I can read the statute and it says, this is a crime. Mm -hmm. and you're telling me I can't report it something's wrong (laughs) but even like disobeying a judge's order if a judge's order it like two judges orders for visitation for a parent to see their child and the other parent just doesn't comply and then your lawyer you and your lawyer go in for like contempt you want to get this person on contempt and nothing's done there's just a slap on the wrist anyway you know, it's it it's it's just not a functional system. No, it's really not a functional system. In my mind, I think the I think marriage is unconstitutional, and the reason it's unconstitutional is because there's no constitutional system on the back end to get out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. Well, people were talking about like getting married without the marriage license. Yeah. Well, you know what? Theoretically speaking. If you're like uh, domestic partners, I see value to that because then it's not a business relationship. Uh, And if you're really in love with somebody, there's no reason for you folks not to cohabitate and enjoy each other's company and Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a great life, you know, Mm -hmm. why, why sign the contract and get into all the legal stuff. Right. And in my mind, I think that makes more sense. You know, because you don't have the the legal contract of the marriage. In some countries, that's what they do. They don't have all this stuff like we have here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big business. I, I, think, I yeah, I think you should stay void avoid marriage. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you can have a relationship with someone without being married. I mean, why not? When you get into kids, that creates another uh, another issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm getting old now. The probability that I ever get married drying up, uh, I probably won't do it. But 
especially after I got divorced and I see all this crap going on. I mean, why would I want to uh, potentially yeah. subject myself to more torture? Right, right. <laughs> I don't <Seriously>. blame you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, I want to have you back on so we can talk about, you know, the, the federal court fraud and things. Well, like I that. got, I filed a, a variety of lawsuits. Uh, it's, it's not, it's, I, I, I'm just very unlucky. I don't know if, if it, if it's, I'm unlucky or the people that screw me over are unlucky. Uh, because when, when you screw me over, I know how to defeat you legally. Mm -hmm. So it's different. And, and, you know, I get so fed up with getting taken advantage of and mm -hmm. stolen from by fraud. I mean, it's like, how much abuse can you take? I mean, it's not even a functional society anymore with all this corruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I'm the punching bag for uh, these various fraud schemes. But on the other hand, I'm able to figure out what's going on and articulate it in a legal manner. Uh, so that kind of what separates me apart from the regular person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know how that happened. I'm, I'm just, uh, I was just born that way. Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, I can read stuff uh, and figure it out. And I like the complexity of things. Yeah. Uh, so, so for my mind, uh, it's, it's very challenging, mm -hmm. uh, but I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Because, because I like the complexity of trying to figure out exactly what's going on mm -hmm. and unraveling it from uh, a legal perspective. But I appreciate you having me on your show. Yeah, I'm going to have you back on. I hope all these folks out there, uh, you know, can can listen to what I'm telling them. Maybe at least it'll give them some uh, some some mental relief. Right. Knowing that they're not alone and knowing that this is a that that, that this system is something you just want to stay away from. Most definitely. It's toxic. It is. It's terrible what they do to people. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, uh, don't jump off. Slam the gavel to podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Mike Rowe in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you again, Mike. Thanks for having me, Marianne. I appreciate it. You're the first person to ever give me the time of day. Oh, always. Yeah. Hey. Other yeah. than Steve Sampson, but, uh, but that was a little short thing. I try to stay stay out of public eye mm -hmm. i'm extremely paranoid about someone knocking at my door and just shooting me same <laughs> i'm serious like oh, every yeah. day i worry that someone's yeah. just gonna knock on my door and that'll be it <laughs> well, hey uh, don't jump off